You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. We're talking about loving God. Love God is my title. Love God number two. If you go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to read two verses, then we'll flip back to Matthew 22. But we've been talking about the importance of loving God. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Everybody say, with all your heart. With all your soul, with all your strength. Amen. Now we go over to Matthew 22. It says the following, verse 37 38. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. Father, I'm asking you now to make alive your word to every heart and life here today. Anoint me to deliver the word, anoint our hearing to hear the word, that we might grow thereby. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let me read the Passion Bible in the Matthew 22 reference. It says this, love God with every passion of your heart. You love God with all the energy of your being. Love God with every thought that is within you. Mark's Gospel, 12th chapter, verse 30, talks about loving God also with all your strength. We get the idea with God. God's trying to get across an idea. I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. And to say that is like such a powerful statement because is there anything left? Not really. It's an all-in concept God is communicating to us. And he's basically, how do I do that? How can I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? There's only one one way to do it. Lift up both hands and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. That's one thing you can do. Because it's so intense. What he wants out of us is so intense. It goes beyond just the, I've got God, and I go to him every now and again on Sunday, and he's some kind of side issue. If you love God, it's interesting, you can love God with your mind. You can love God with your mind. You can think loving thoughts to God. You can also think about it. You can develop a habit of loving God with your mind. When you get up in the morning, it's good to start first thinking about God. Think about God. Think about His goodness. Think about His greatness for your life. And then you start loving with your mind. Before you even, you know how you get that, that kind of thing, you're like, you're not all awake, but you're not all asleep. You know what I'm talking about? That twilight zone. Where the devil wants to jump on. Well, look at today. Today, you could get what you got on your plate today. I mean, you can get so depressed. But forgive me, you want to turn over and just go to sleep again. Do I have to wake up? But when you have your mind to worship God with your mind, you can worship God with your soul. That means you can worship with your emotions. People say you shouldn't be dancing and, wait a minute, you can worship God with your body. You can worship, who's to say you can't move, move part of, your, of who you are to glorify God? 
Said the Bible says David danced before God with all his might. You see, this thing about loving God, we've kind of put it off. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to love God. But no, it's deeper than we know. It's wider than we know. And he's calling us to that kind of life. You know, because God's a good God. God's so good. He's better than good. God is a good God. Now, when I was raised, I don't know how, where you were raised, what church you were raised. I hate to say this, but our God that I was taught is schizophrenic. He could bless you one minute and curse you the next. You never knew if the cancer was from God. You basically were allowed one prayer. And if he didn't answer, it's against us not the will of God. That's what we were taught. I meet people on the street that don't know God, that don't know God, don't go to church. You know, many of them have that kind of attitude to God. They're upset with God. Their mother died. Their child was killed in a car wreck. They're mad at God. Why? Because they think God did that. You know, we put people in prison. Parents, that is, if they, I want to teach my child something. Come here, kid, while I break your finger. Come here while I put your hand on the stove and burn it. My Bible says out of James 1.17, every good, everybody say good. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. What does that last word mean, variableness or shadow of turning? He's like the sun. There's no off switch to the, to the sun. Now, you can have the moon move between the earth and the sun and have an eclipse, but the sun never stops shining. The sun has never stopped shining since the day it was made. It's constant light that emanates from that planet. It's the same as God. God's goodness flows nonstop. It's just like a power stream. He loves you. He's got good things for you. And so everything that's of hell, God unfortunately gets the blame. Even insurance companies. They have a little statement there. We don't cover acts of God. And listen what they are. Floods, earthquakes, hurricanes. as acts of God. Like God said, God the Father turns to Jesus. Why didn't you take that off of there? That's, that's not us. That's the devil. The devil causes the things that bring destruction in people's lives. Amen? And I feel like I just need I know what you say. I know that. No, we need to get reminded. Got to be reminded that God is a good God. You can trust. He's not schizophrenic. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He brings your life and life more abundantly. That's all God has. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And there's so many good gifts. Can you you list them? Well, my first is my wife, Pastor Linda. She's a good gift. Did, did Did you pay for her? No. I didn't pay for her. That's one part of Africa I'm glad I'm not a part of. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if I was an African, I think I'd do okay because I'm a good negotiator. I would, I would talk him down from 10 cows to one goat. I'd, I got one goat. How about a goat? <laughs> I've had to help out African people. I go there a lot of times year after year. I said, you married yet? No, I got uh, 10 cows. I'm only, I got about seven more cows to go. I said, Lord, have mercy. But this time, you'll be old. <laughs> so I just went ahead and cut the check and bought all the cows. I did it to a brother. 
He said, you know, because you bought the cows and now I'm married, now we have a child. And I've decided to name him after you. I said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> that wasn't my intent. I've got to go meet that kid. He's about seven years old now. I said, you, you want to meet me? <laughs> okay, so we got to yield to God. we got to say, God, I, I just want what you have for my life. And, uh, and it has to be a, see, what God doesn't like is religious love. He doesn't like love that's kind of like shallow. It has no fire, no passion, no devotion. It's like, it's just like we can just say it, but we don't really, no fruit out of it. God wants it to be white hot. Now we talked about if this is what we're called to loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, what does it look like? Let's not just be theoretical. What does love look like? In review, I said, number one, if when you love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, it will come out in the way you worship him. And let me say this to you. Everything we need to love God back, we have to first take from God. So, you know, that's why I have to surrender. Lord, I, have, I want you to come to me because I've got to get filled with you. And the more you walk closer to God, the more he comes to you. Understand this. God is your creator. God is your redeemer. God is the one that recreated your spirit to be a new creation out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. That God is the source of life. God is the source of life. God is a source of love. That means we're on a journey. The closer you get to God, the more blessed your life becomes. That's the way it is. You say, well, I know about God. There's a difference between knowing about God and really, and really pressing into him. I don't know about you, but I want all of God I can get, but I've got to, I'm on a journey. Are you on a journey? Yeah. I'm on a journey. Yeah. And I would not go to a church that wasn't on a, on a journey. I would not go to a church where the pastor wasn't hungry. I don't want to sing three hymns and one her and go home. It's, it needs to be one hour. If it's not one hour, we're going to another church. You don't do that with football games. You don't do that with movies. All the sloppy stuff we do, and we come to one hour, you're getting me nervous now. You're going over an hour. Well, we're a two-hour church. When we get our new sanctuary, I'm going to go bigger. They say, they say, how long is this service? We don't know. What do you mean we don't know? Listen, I was raised in Africa. I cut my teeth in Africa. I blame the Africans for this. But I remember Robert Kanji, he should be coming out pretty soon. He said, the first church he's coming to is right here, Robert Kanji. You've got to meet Robert Kanji. He said he got so tired of people looking at their watches during the service. You can only get a Bible this in Africa. He said, ushers, pass out the buckets. Everybody, I don't want you wearing your watch during the service. Put your watch in the bucket. He's got thousands of people. He took them in the back. He said, now that you don't have a watch, you don't know what time it is. And now I'm going to preach till I'm done. <laughs> Ushers! I'm just joking. <laughs> I said, you give those watches back? Never. I said, what did you do? I said, I don't want people watching the watch when they come here. I just come to get God and then just go when I'm done. Amen. But what did, well, what, we say, that's radical. Yeah, but if you know Robert Ganji, he's radical. He does radical things because he wants radical results. And he gets them. So, we said you got to love God. The Bible says, 
that he's looking for those that worship in spirit and truth, with spirit and reality, to praise him. It says, Psalm 111, 2. It says, let, it says, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God with my whole heart. I hope I said the whole heart. This is just a review. I covered that last week. It's just that God wants us all in on our praise. He wants you to get real. And if you really are happy about what God has done for you, you're going to enter in. You're going to praise him with all your emotions, all your mind. You're going to put your mind on him. Tell you that stupid mind. I know what it's like. You have your hand up here and look like, like, well, he's worshiping God. When your mind is on your job, you're trying to figure out how to work a problem out. Let me see now. If I did this over here, I'll let you know, you try to multitask. No, this is not the time to multitask. You tell your mind, mind. Sometimes I say, hey, you up there. Stop that. Look on Jesus. Oh, what? Okay, look on Jesus. Worship him. And get in there, the Holy Ghost. Get in where you worship it with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength in Jesus' mighty name. And then I talked about we got to seek the Lord. we got to seek him. Psalm 119.2. Seek him with the whole heart. The Bible says this, that one thing have I desired, and this will I seek after. Psalm 27.4, that will I seek after. What will I seek after? I want God. I want God. I want more of God. And he wants with all your heart. When you seek God with all your heart, you'll make sacrifices. When you seek God, you'll get up earlier just to pray. When you seek God, you'll even come to, you'll come to the church. Well, I don't need the church. Yes, you do need the church. Well, I got this little thing called an iPhone or Android. I can just push any preacher I want to. That's why you're so messed up. That's why your faith is weak. We are, we are, we are called to be to meeting together. Amen. And to seek God. You've got to have a hunger for God, a thirst for God. That's why we're a church of revival. Well, why are we having revival on the 13th? To get hungry for God. Well, I already got God. Well, that's what you think you got. But I don't know about you, but I know there's more of God, and I want to get more of him. And I'll tell you what, I want to seek him with my whole heart. I mean, and, and I, I never look at what other people are doing. Never. They have their own version of what following God is. I don't want to end up in the swamp with you. I want to go further. I want to go higher. I want to, go, I, I, I want to be challenged. I wouldn't go to a church that didn't challenge me. You little... Little sweet Christian, everything's going to be just okay while you slowly sink into the mud. Nope, not here. I will challenge you to be hungry for God. I will challenge you to seek God with all your heart. Amen. I, I, I'll just share this. When I was fighting cancer, the devil tried to kill me. You said you got 90 days to live. I went after it, folks. I sought God. I mean, I went after it. Do you understand me going after it, what that means? I'd go across town. I'd spend a week at Brother Higgins. I got to fly out there. I don't feel well. I'd go to services all day. Come back. I'd go to another conference for 10 days. Two services a day. Five, six hours of service. 12 hours a day. Didn't feel good. Come back. Go to another one. What were you doing? Seeking God. Why? Seeking for this touch upon my life. Some people treat like, well, I got sickness. Well, that's okay. I'm just going to keep on reading what I normally read and just do my normal thing. Hey, you need the touch of God. Seek him. 
When you seek him, the Bible says, they that seek me will find me when they seek for me with all their heart. All their heart. God wants all our hearts in. So I said, you can find out where your love for God is on how much you seek him. Say, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. That's what you say. I'm getting hungry. More hungry than I ever was before. 2022, I'm going to get a hung. I'm getting, as they say, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and then I want to talk about the next thing, how that you can go where you need to go. And that is this. If you say you love God, you will obey him. Everybody say obey. This is a great test, and we do these words just not to hurt anybody, but to challenge all of us. Obedience, obedience is where it's at. Deuteronomy 21, 16, it says, This day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and, and um, judgments. Therefore, therefore, you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. It's why God says, if you're going to follow me, and I've given you commands, both I can give a command through the word, and I can give a command with my voice. I can talk to you what you should do. I'll talk about that in a minute. It says in 1 Kings 14, 8, it says, David followed me. This is God talking about David. With him. He followed me with all his heart to do only what was right in my eyes. And 1 John 5, 3, it says, and this, is, and this is love, the love of God, if you keep his commandments. If you keep his commandments. And John 14, 23 says, Jesus said these words, if you love me, you'll obey me. Now, folks, obeying God's not easy. I'll get that. A friend, I will call, and, and I will call him for you, if you just give me to you. <laughs> He will do, he will ask you things that you might not necessarily want to do. He will test your obedience. He tested the obedience of Abraham. Take your son, your only son, one you waited for 25 years, offer him up as a sacrifice in Mount Moriah. You know, he passed that test. God will test you. He will test you. He will test you. You know what the first test is? The love test. Here's my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. That's a test. John 13, 33 to 34. I'm going to test you. Test you. When you're called to love your enemies as yourself, you say, God, is that for real? Yeah, I want your love. That means that no, anybody in the earth, you can say, I don't love you. I end up forgiving. You know what I do? I pray for people that, that are really challenging the political scene. I will speak out of my mouth. I forgive you in Jesus' name, and I pray that God will reveal his love to you. you got to keep your heart right with everybody. That's why it's a command. And then here's what happens. He'll speak to your heart. Like he spoke to my heart about coming into the ministry. I'm in business. I'm in corporate America, downtown. God says, I want you in full-time ministry. I say, God, let pick somebody else. You know my story. I've told it a hundred times. You can tell it better than I can. But the deal is this. God will ask you to do things you don't want to do. Because he's that kind of God. He says, you got to show me that you love me. And everything God asks you to do, even though it goes against what you want to do, I promise you it's for your benefit. Yes. It never goes against you. It's for the blessing that he wants to bring you. Or if you operate in the natural, you'll miss it. That's why getting closer to God and obeying everything he tells you to do is the pathway to blessing. 
even though it doesn't seem like it in, in the natural. But now that I'm a pastor, I couldn't think of doing anything else. Thank you, Lord, for telling me what to do. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, giving me time to figure it out in Jesus' mighty name. But God wants us to understand that obedience is absolutely key. And so we got to follow his leadings. The Bible talks about that you shall, when you're going to follow God, you got to attend to his word. He said, my son, this is out of Proverbs 4.20. Son, attend to my word. Attend to my word. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You know what attend to your, his, his word means? Pay attention! <laughs> Pay attention to this book. This is the word of God. Pay attention. This, this is the command of God. Get this book in you. That's the word of God to you. Get this book in you. If you love God, you better get in the Word. Well, I love the Lord. I'm not in the Word. Well, then you don't love God that much. I'm just saying. It's a measure. How much you put of this in you is a measure of how much you love God. If you just touch God just a little bit, well, I got one little sentence I read. Well, you got some growing to do in your love for God. My son, attend to my Word. That word attend means to be to be, to be zealous, to be eager, and even to hasten to, to do the things that he's called you to do. And the first thing he said is, read it. Joshua 1.8. Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. That's radical. We serve a radical God. I tell you, we serve a God that says, you know what? I am worth chasing. I am worth following. I am worth obeying. Don't look at me as like I'm a multiple choice. To follow, maybe follow, follow slightly, follow every now and again, not follow. All those answers are wrong. There's only one correct answer. You follow God with 100% obedience. You listen to me. Jesus gave us the example. The Bible said in Philippians 2.8, he was obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. And sometimes God will ask you to die to what you want. Sometimes we go, well, I, you know, I am my own rights. There's where you mess up. We decide way too much stuff. I love the Lord. I love Noble Hayes. I can hear him around. What does that mean? Blue bloods, bluebirds love the Lord, he would say. Meaning that people just make up stuff. <sighs> Josh said, you're going to put this word in? You can meditate day and night. So you got to study this. 2 Corinthians 2.15. Study to show yourself approved unto God. you got to study. you got to be diligent. you got to apply this book. Can I say this to you? I did not really grow in God till I got very real about this book. Sometimes, if you've been a Christian a long time, you gotta, you got to do a reset. Especially if you've been in church. That's the worst. Well, I kind of know. I know what it I kind of know what it says. Yeah, I, 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 I heard that before. You know, the eyes half-masked, soldiers slouched, one of these. I said, my God, that's a religious Pharisee. Because let me say, the word's not working because of that, that attitude. Here's how you solve that issue. You take your right hand. You move it as far from your face as you possibly can. And then 
let it come towards your face with increasing velocity and pow, slap yourself. And say, stop that. We all need it from time to time. Stop that. You got to get a hold of yourself. You got to talk to yourself. Hey, you, listen, you flaky you. I'm talking to you. You're going to get the Bible. You're going to get a reading plan. And you're going to get up and says, well, I'm sleeping. We'll get a bigger alarm clock. Well, I punch it off. We'll get a second one across the room. Time it. Five minutes apart. Five minutes. Get up. Get consistent with the word. Get the word in you. Are you with me? Who says to do that? God. Well, I love the Lord. I'm telling you, God's from Missouri. Show me. Show me. How can you ever experience God without getting in the Word? You can only know God through this book. You want to get close to God, it's only, be, it's only by this book, and not in a religious way. You've got to get in this book. You've got to get in this book. Here's a thought. Bible school. Bible school? Yeah. You've got to be in the Word to take the class. You're disciplined. You have to, this is the assignment. You're taught the Word of God for three days. You are given the textbooks on the Word of God. You're given the assignment on the Word of God. I promise you, by the time you come out of that, each course, you'll be another level. Anyone that's been to Bible school know you're another level. How many know what I'm talking about? You go to another level. So we set it up. Here's how you do it. Well, I've been in a way for many years. I just, let's quit that nonsense. Do something different for 2022. Well, I'm so old. Just sign up anyway. Do something new. Well, it might cost me. Well, get online. I can't travel. Get online. I mean, quit with the excuses. What are you going to do to increase the word level in your life? What are you going to do to raise it up? Come on now. What are you going to do? Because the word level in you determines how much you love your God. Ooh, I feel it coming on me. Didn't mean to get this way. It was totally different than the last service. Someone needs this. You got to understand these things. You got to obey God. Attend to my word. Pay attention. I tell you, every problem, let me tell you this. Every problem in your life is a faith problem. Well, no, it's this and no, no, no. It comes down to one thing. There's only one fight in the Bible. Fight the good fight of faith. It's only a faith fight. And there's only one solution to that faith fight. The word of God. The word of God. I am very much aware if I'm fighting something, and I know that I've got particularly, if I'm fighting sickness, if I'm fighting this, I've got to get more word in me. I will focus on get healing scriptures, put them in you. If it's a prosperity, get prosperity, put them in you. If it's issues with the flesh, losing your temper, get scriptures, put, put, put it in you. Because the word goes inside of you. God's saying, that's how you show that you love me. Because how can you obey something you don't even know? But then he'll also speak to you words. Words. You'll say, I want you to do this. You'll make die things that you don't want to die. And we're kind of religious. We kind of say, well, the Lord understands. That's what I want to do. I'm his pet, and I want to do that. I sh- I've never shared this, I don't know, very often, but I shared when I was in college, when I first year. I am, if you haven't figured this out, I am the adventuresome type. I like a little to a lot of danger <laughs> where you may not make it back. It's okay by me. It really is. It's okay by me. So I told myself, I, 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 when I was, we lived on the lake. My family lived on the lake. I, and I took and I built my own sailboat with my own hands. 
I'd sail up and down the lake. I got hooked on sailing. I went to a, a camp for a month, leadership camp, when I was a, in my a third year of college. And it was on Lake Huron. And they had really bigger sailboats. And I learned how to sail them. And I said, man, this is, if you never sailed, it's phenomenal. The power is free. It's like solar power, but wind power. But you're going somewhere. So I made up this, I said, you know what? I've got five guys. I mean, supposed to be four of the guys around me. I said, before, when we graduate, let's buy a sailboat and sail from the east coast of America to Europe. And we travel to Europe, sell the boat, come home, and get back to life. And I said, that's a good idea. So we read books on sailing. We went to, we got all the navigation schools worked out. We went to boat shows. We picked, I mean, we, we had it going on. We, 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 were, we were into it. And then one of them got married. So now there's four. And then about six months later, another got married. Then there's three. These women are killing the whole vision. <laughs> then it got down to me and one other person, Tom Dole, my friend. I said, don't flake out on me. I forbid you to get married. <laughs> and we went out there. You know what? I'm in a meeting. Uh, we got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm in a meeting. I'm just lifting my hands. And in here, it was something I wanted to do, but it didn't. With, I was just, I was pushing it. I mean, like this, I never get as a service. The Holy Ghost showed up, and I saw my yacht on the water. I said, there it is. I felt like music behind me. Wow. <laughs> it's like this. And so help me. I'm looking at it, and we get to sink. And the whole thing sunk. And the Lord said, that's not for you now. Uh, he sunk, God sunk my boat. He sunk the vision. Do you know what? It was God helping me to obey him. He said, that's not what I have for you. And sometimes we don't want to do things. We just don't want to do it. Because if you love me, I want you to do it. If you love me, you're going to help me. My first year at school, I was a freshman in what was known as Morehouse Dormitory, 11 stories high, two giant wings. There were four towers. This is Kansas State University in Manhattan, Kansas. I lived in St. Louis at the time. It was freshman. I was freshman. Clueless. They had what's known as Aggieville. Aggieville was a mile down. That was where all, that was college town. All the pubs and bars. If anybody's gone through school, you ever looking at it? I don't know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> they would go get smashed on the weekends. Then come in just and barf all over the bathrooms. Just act obnoxious. And I made up my mind because I am now sanctified. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm out of here. I'm getting away from these retrobates, and I'm getting me an apartment. So I got the apartment all figured out, me and three other guys. We saw it, put the deposit down. We're good to go. We're getting out of this hellhole. <laughs> it was so bad. People opposite me, I'll be studying at my desk. at the. You know, these are concrete cinder block walls painted. It's a dorm. Dorm is just one up from a jail. I'm just a, a similar kind of setup. <laughs> it's just all set the same way. I'm getting there, and I'm studying, and this, and, but the guys next door to me, there is like a crowd of eight guys smoking weed. I mean, you, could, you could hear just this music, and the stupid smoke of weed is coming through the plug. I am literally studying. Away. 
I'm not a smoker. I don't smoke this stuff, but I can smell it. I know what it's like. It's like burning alfalfa. <laughs> I go, my God. I kept pushing away. And then it got worse. Smoke's coming through. And, just, and I'm getting high just trying to study. I got, I got so mad. I stood up, walked over there. I banged the door. I said, open up in there. The door creaks open. They got the towel rolled up at the bottom of the floor. I couldn't see a thing. It was smoke from one end. They were like forms. This guy goes, yeah, yeah, man, what's up, man? I said, let me tell you what's up. You're choking me. The stuff's coming through my plug. Open the cotton picking window over there. Get some air out here. Stop this nonsense. So I was ready. I was ready to get out of that place. In fact, it got worse. I remember one time, I know this is what, you know, it's the tipping point. I saw this happen. I said, that's it. They were staggering drunk. One guy's trying to go to the bathroom. We had these big bathroom doors, big heavy birch door. He reached for it, but he's, it kind of hit him and hit the, uh, that, that one foot between the door and the frame. So it bounced back at him and pushed him. Well, he thought it was like a living thing. He got angry. <laughs> he backed up, started using profanity, talking to the door. <laughs> Took it, slammed it harder. It came back and hit him with a greater force. He keeps backing up. Now, now he's got this, this conversation going. The door's not talking back. It's just him. So help me, God. I'm sitting there down the hall. I'm watching. I said, where is this going to go? And so he backed up with all his power, took the door, came back. He said, da, 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 da. he pushed out with all his might. That door hit that rubber, rubber, came back, hit him flat in the forehead and knocked him cold out. He's down on the ground. Sprawled, drunk himself out. I, I told God, I'm out of here. I am out of here. You see that, God? That's, that's nonsense. I am out. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not making it up. I'm tired of tiptoeing through the bathroom on, on weekends. They, told, they call them keggers. Kegger. You know, they think you're a man. You put a keg out there, everybody drinks the whole thing empty. Then they go barf in the bushes. It's stupidity. The devil make you a moron. As I am talking now, I heard the voice of the Lord at the end, end of the semester. Do not leave the dorm. Ooh, God, you and I got to talk. Obviously, you've not been seeing the things I've been seeing. I went through the whole thing. God did this, did that, and I am trying to live a holy life, God. He would not let me go. He said, if you want to obey, listen, I got challenge. You love me? You know I love you, Lord. Then obey me. But I don't want to. If you love me, yeah. obey me. Yeah, okay, God, I, I love you. <laughs> so help me. You will have to end up doing things in life that way. Where it hurts you, but because you love him, you'll obey him. Because you love him, you'll obey him. Like, let me just throw one thing here. Go a curve. When the Bible says out of Hebrews 10, 25, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. You know what God's trying to tell you? Be in church. Now, I realize some people can't make it. We've got issues. Whatever. We don't condemn anybody that's over there. But church should not be... Which way is the wind blowing today? If it doesn't blow right, I'm staying home. No, you should love the church. No man is an island. You need your brother and sister. No, I'd be good. I'd got my faith. Yeah, but how, what kind of fruit are you producing? 
Where is your life with God? I promise you, you cannot keep the fire by yourself. You might do it for a few months, but after a while, it won't be good. So I told God I would do it. I remember coming back the next summer, had my suitcase. Now, I'm not the best disciple. I'm still green. I'm kind of a little bit mumbling. I tell you, Lord, I'm doing this, but I don't want to do it. All the way up there, I don't want to do it. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it because you said to do it. I'm doing it because you told me to do it. I'm going into purgatory. I mean, literally, I just thought. <laughs> when I got there, God gave me one of the greatest years of evangelism. I got my, I got my roommate saved, and I had Bible study. It was like, the, it was like my, my whole world turned upside down. And I got to, it was the greatest. It's like shooting pigeons in a barrel because they can't go anywhere. But you get to share Christ. And we have prayer meetings. It was, it was like my, my launching. People would come up to me and say, you're called to pastor. I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I don't, I'm not called a pastor. I'm a student. He says, you're called a pastor. But, you know, God promoted me. It was at the very last year of my, of my four years there, the, the prized place to get, they had the RA positions, which means full room and board, full everything. You just ever since like a scholarship was the grad floor on the top floor with a big old apartment and grad students run themselves. And guess who got that? Moi. I said, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to serve the Lord. It pays to serve the Lord. Amen. You see, now I tell you, when you obey God, you show God you love God. That's the end of the day. When you obey God, you show God that you love him. And so whatever you read in the word, if you want to please him, who doesn't want to please God? If you love God, you want to please him. And I tell you, what he says, you've got to do. You've got to forgive those that, are, that seem like unforgivable. Because you do it out of love for God. When you love God, you'll obey God. Now, I've got to close because I've got my time running out. But I'll close one last thing. He said, not only that, but when it comes to prayer, First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.8 says, But always, I'll just give the start of the scripture. Someone give it to me. Praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Everybody say praying always. always. You see, if you want, (laughs) I love God. Do you pray? Well, the Lord understands. I'm busy. Uh, Well, uh, once again, take the right hand. Move as far from your head. You got to make adjustments in your life. You got to talk to yourself in the mirror. You got to say, listen, I am not being lazy when it comes to prayer. And the devil will eat at your prayer life. He will, it's like a little rat chewing at stuff. He'll just slowly take pieces, pieces, and pretty soon there's hardly any left. You got to make a decision. I'm going to pray. You know one of the greatest ways to do that? Go on a three day fast. Oh, when, when was that? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Go on a three day fast and say, God, I want to be another level. When I leave this fast, I want to help me. Just talk to God. God, would you help me develop a better prayer schedule? Just lay it all on the line. Here's my time. I've got to go to bed. Here's what I've got to do. But God, I've got to develop my prayer life. Because your prayer life reflects on your love for God. Does that make sense? When God says pray always... When God says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. He says he wants you to talk to him. Yes. 
You can't experience the love of God. You know what's like you and I have experiences when you come to God and you give everything to Him and you have that sweet fellowship and everything's with Him and you walk out. I feel such peace. And you feel His love. And it's, funny, it's so funny, we as human beings, even though we know that, then we don't do it. How many know what I'm talking about? We don't do the very thing. Oh, we can teach somebody else. Oh, you, you need to pray. You need to, do you do it? Do you do it? Well, you know, Lord, I'm kind of busy. Oh, really? We're all busy. We have 168 hours each week, every one of us. How you divide it up is on you. Don't blame other people. It's on you. It's on you. And all I know is to get in the middle, maybe you need to push it to be extreme, maybe extreme prayer. You know what, God? I'm going to get away for a day, just pray all day, just to reset the motive. Because I found this, the more you pray, Rachel, it's true, the more you want to pray. It's like, you're, it's like the more you eat, this is bad. <laughs> the more you eat, the more it takes to fill you up. You know what I mean? As you stretch that sucker, you, that's what's so beautiful about fasting. You have if you have a prolonged fast, your stomach begins to shrink. And you try to eat that big thing you ate before, you can't do it. Just, just a piece, it's fine. That's why you should live a fasted life. You should never eat everything you want. You should never do whatever else you want. You always never take it to the limit. Stop. You don't have to eat the whole banana Sunday. Leave at least the cherry alone. Leave something alone. Don't, don't, don't eat everything. Seriously. Some people, you take them out to eat, the, the plate is spotless. There's not, a, there's not a vegetable on the table. The rolls are snuffed up. There's not, they're, they are getting the maximum out of their money. They'd eat the tablecloth that was made of paper, but they're not. So you got to understand we gotta, that these things that God requires of us, if you say you love me, you'll pray. You're going to fellowship with me. You're going to... See, these are things that you show God. How am I going to show God I love him? By the time you have with him. That's the way it is. How many want to love him more? You want to love God more? I confess this is going to be the most Holy Ghost church. People are going to hunger for the word. They're going to hunger for prayer. So, now I've got a test here. Four hours we're going to pray. On Friday night, 8 to 12. My God, Mildred, four hours. Listen, you just come for one hour, and then you can tap out and leave. But it's amazing. If you'll just do it incrementally, don't go four Just start. You don't eat the steak at one bite, do you? You one bite at a time. But you need to do that in prayer. I promise you, you can grow your hunger for the word. You can grow your hunger for prayer, and your love for God will increase. This is a passage that's so simple. Yeah, but it's what's missing. Make loving God your aim. That's what it is. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. It's a radical thing he's called us to. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.